Alrighty, we're going to be going back to Psalm 119 this evening. Psalm 119. We're going to be looking at verses 9 down through verse number 16. And we're going to be looking at this thought as we look at Psalm 119, continuing through. We're just taking one section at a time. I uh, started this a couple weeks ago, uh, taking one section at a time. And last, last lesson, we looked at verses 1 through 8. Uh, Aleph, and as we talked about, you know, each of the headings is a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And tonight we'll be looking at the section under Beth. And the message of this passage is the cleansing power of the Word of God. The cleansing power of the Word of God. And so we're going to take a little bit of time and look at this. So we're going to read uh, verse number 9 down through verse number 16 of Psalm 119. Of all of Psalm 119, this is probably the most familiar portion of Scripture out of the entire passage. And the reason for that is it begins with the words, young man, and therefore uh, it has been used to ha as a passage for young people to memorize. And it was a passage I memorized just as a young person many times in Sunday school and uh, different programs. You'll have children memorize this passage, and so a very familiar passage of Scripture. It says in verse number 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you, dear Lord, how that although, Lord, oftentimes we do not know what a day may bring forth, Lord, you always do. And Lord, you're always in control. And Father, you're always watching over us. And Father, I thank you that although each of us have probably had different uh, types of days, Lord, we've done different things, we've faced different things, uh, Lord, I thank you that we're now able to come together here in your house. And Lord, we're able to set aside those things, uh, Lord, that are uh, of the world and of, of our occupations and of our careers. And Father, we're able to set those things aside. And Lord, we're able to take a few minutes and focus on your word. And so, Father, Lord, as we look at your word this evening, I pray, dear Father, oh, Lord, that you allow it to speak to us. Oh, Lord, I know it's a familiar passage of Scripture, and oftentimes, oh, Lord, we allow familiarity uh, to steal the freshness of your word. And so, Father, I pray that as we look at this passage of Scripture, oh, Lord, that it'll be uh, fresh, it'll be applicable, it'll be a reminder, uh, Father, Lord, that we can go to your word and cleanse ourselves, uh, uh, Father Lord, of the things of this world. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Do be at the children's program uh, downstairs tonight. Do be at the teen program. I thank you, dear Lord, for those that faithfully come and faithfully work in those ministries. I pray, dear Lord, that you will work in the lives of the children, uh, Father Lord, as they are taught the principles and the, and the things of the Word of God. Thank you for your goodness. Bless now in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So as I said, the message of this passage is the cleansing power of the Word of God in the life of the believer. Now you may say, why do you say in the life of the believer? Well, I believe that in order for the Word of God to be effective, in order for the Word of God to make a difference, I have to believe it. And if I believe the Word of God, 
enough that I'm going to allow it to change who I am, the first thing I'm going to change is putting my belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I know that there are those who like to pick and choose from the Word of God and there are definitely those who are not believers who try to pick and choose from the Bible uh, to support their agenda. But whenever we're talking about cleansing of the Word, I believe that's talking about in the life of the believer. This is something that the Word of God can do for me as a Christian. Uh, so we look at this and we see that this passage starts out with, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And then we see the answer by taking heed thereto according to thy word. When we look at this verse, we first see the problem of man's uncleanness. The problem of man's uncleanness. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And we know that all of us definitely in comparison with the righteousness of God, have need of some cleansing. We remember that when Jesus washed the disciples' feet and Jesus explained, uh, Peter said, not just my feet, but wash all of me. Uh, Peter in his enthusiasm was wanting to be cleansed and all of us uh, need to be cleansed. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 53 and verse number 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Romans 3 verse number 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are, all, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. If you drop down, uh, uh, if you go back to um, uh, verse 9, you see that it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? We understand that all of us need cleansing. All of us uh, have gone astray. All of us uh, have been corrupted uh, in our way, uh, but the Word of God can provide cleansing. So we see the, the problem, but then in verse number 9 we see the solution, and the solution is by taking heed according to thy Word. We see that the Word of God, so whenever we come to Christ for salvation, first we receive justification. And now boy, this is something that so many uh, well-meaning people misunderstand these two principles that I'm getting ready to explain to you. When we come to Christ for salvation, we receive justification. That means, as the one songwriter put it, that I appear before God just as if I had never sinned. I have been justified. The blood of Christ has covered me. And when I stand before God and God looks at me, He sees the blood of Christ and I stand before God as righteous. Uh, I am able to come to God with my needs, with my request. I'm able to approach God uh, at the moment of salvation uh, because I have been justified. I am holy through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is a second part to salvation. First there is justification. That is my position. That's my standing in that I have been made clean before God. But the second part is an ongoing process that begins at salvation and will continue until we go to glory. I would like to say that they, some of us might could achieve complete sanctification before we get to glory, but I'm sad to say well, none of us are going to get there. And what that is, second part is, is what we call sanctification. That is me as a human 
being made like Christ, becoming like Christ. You see, whenever we come to Christ for salvation, we've realized that we are a sinner. I have realized that I am unclean. I have realized that I have violated the law of God. I have realized that there is no way that I can inherit heaven. There is no way I can enter into the presence of God. I have become unclean. I am a sinner. So I go to Christ for salvation. He applies His blood to me and I am justified. I am made clean. But at that moment, He begins a work in me of teaching me how to act like a Christian, how to put away those sinful habits that originally separated me from God. Now, we can never, we can never be holy enough to enter into heaven on our own. That's why there can be no works of salvation. There's no way we can earn our salvation through sanctification. I can look at the Word of God. I can try to obey the laws of God, but I will never in my own strength be able to reach a degree of holiness that would allow me into heaven. That's why I need justified. That's why I need Christ's blood applied because I can never do it on my own. But that doesn't mean that God is okay with us living sinful lives. Our sin is offensive to Him. He, in His grace... He has covered our sin, but His desire is that we learn to put away sin. And this putting away of sin is what we're talking about here in Psalm 119, cleansing our way. All of us, when we come to Christ, are unclean. When we come to Christ, all of us are sinners. When we come to Christ, all of us have a lot of things, habits, uh, things that we do, things that we are interested in, things that we like that are offensive to God. God covers those and gives us 100% complete salvation. And our, our ticket to heaven, if you want to call it that, relies 100% on our justification. If you are the worst sinner in town and you receive salvation and Jesus was to return moments after you received salvation, still, uh, still completely uh, without victory over those sins, and Jesus was to return at that moment, you would go to heaven because your salvation depends on your justification. But God doesn't want us to stay where we're at. Therefore, he says, I want to cleanse you. I want to make you clean. I want you to learn how to be like me. I want your behavior to be like mine. So many so many people, religions and, and denominations, uh, try to say that we don't have to put away our sinful life. God is okay with it. He understands that we're not perfect. And God is okay with us living in adultery. And God is okay with our drinking habits. And God is okay with if we use a little a bad word once in a while. He's not going to judge you for that. Your salvation is in your justification. That's right. Your salvation is in your justification. But God does want to clean His children up. He does not want His children to continue living in sin. So how... Do I clean up? How do I begin to clean my act? How is it that I learn to act like Christ? The problem is that we're all unclean and the solution is found here in verse number 9. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. This is the solution. This is how we find 
where we need to clean up. This is the guide that shows us how to become like Christ. In the book of James, James talks about this. In James 1 and verse number 22, James says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The other evening, uh, we have spaghetti for supper, and uh, spaghetti sauce has a way of sticking to your face. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but spaghetti sauce will get on your face, and it'll stick there. And so after dinner, Kale was cleaning up in the kitchen, and I said to Kale, I said, you've got some spaghetti sauce on your chin. Well, she, you know, grabbed a paper towel and wiped her chin, and I said, it's still there. And she wiped her chin again, and I said, it's still there. And she went to wipe again, and I said, why don't you go look in a mirror? And when she went to the mirror, when she came back, the spaghetti sauce was gone. You see, uh, although I was telling her that she had some spaghetti sauce on her chin, without looking, she didn't know exactly where it was. She wasn't getting clean, but when she looked in the mirror, aha, there it is, and she was able to clean the spaghetti sauce. Now, if she would have came back and there had still been spaghetti sauce on her chin, I would have said, did you look in the mirror? Did you look in the mirror? And James here is making that comparison. He says the word of God will cleanse you. Be, a, be it not just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word because the, the word of God will change you. The word of God will do a work in your life. He said, but those that hear the word of God and don't apply it are the same as a person who looks in a mirror. They see the uncleanness. They see the problem, but they don't do anything about it. They look in the mirror and they say, Man, I am a mess. And then they just go on being a mess. Uh, a lot of times if I go to visit someone or I'm going to the hospital or whatever and I've been busy and I've been working, whenever I get there, when I get out of my truck, I'll squat down and look in the mirror of my truck to see just how bad I look. It's never good, but sometimes it's worse than other times. I'll look in the mirror and see, you know, how, how bad do I look? And then I'll, I'll get my comb and I'll, I'll straighten my hair up or I'll, I'll uh, brush my face off or whatever needs to be done. The mirror reveals to me what needs to be done before I go in and see someone. But if I look in the mirror and then go in without doing anything, then the mirror's not helping me. There's no point in having a mirror. And you know what? A lot of folks have the Word of God. But if you don't apply it, there's no point in having it. If you're not letting it change you, there's no need for it. It's not going to do you any good. It's just taking up space. It's just a relic. It has to be applied. And so we see here that there's a problem presented, and that is that we need cleansing, and there is a solution, and the solution is found in the Word of God. I was talking to one of the school children this morning, and they were just very excited, which school children are or, or children, period, not just school children, school age children, I guess what I'm trying to say, are always a lot of fun because they'll just tell you everything. You know, they just, they, they don't, don't worry, they just tell you everything. And there was a, one of the children in the school this morning, a young man was telling me that he had got some new soap, and this soap was a 
amazing. And I mean that he put this soap on and, and it made his skin feel so good and it was just amazing soap. And I'm like, I'm glad you like your soap, buddy. Uh, he, he was, he, you know, and whenever you apply the word of God, you realize it makes you feel amazing. I mean, it really does what it's supposed to do. It really can clean, clean you up. It really can change you. It really can make you a better person. So we see verse number 9 sets the stage for the rest of this passage. The theme of this entire passage is getting clean through the Word. And so the rest of the passage, verse 10 through verse number 16, tells us how uh, we can apply the Word so that the Word will cleanse us. Uh, in verse number 10, uh, we see that he... Uh, in, in verse number 10, we see that he says, With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Here in this verse, we see the first step to getting cleaned by the Word of God is through the pursuit of His Word. How do I get clean? Through the pursuit of His Word. If you guys ever came in from working on the automobile and you go over to the kitchen sink and you, you're getting ready to wash all that grease off your hand and you look and you say, Honey, where is the dishwashing liquid? I, I, need, I need some soap. This water's not going to do it. I need some soap. You're pursuing the soap. I need something stronger than the water. If we're going to get clean from the Word of God, the first thing we've got to do is pursue the Word of God. A dishwashing liquid sitting on the counter isn't going to get you clean. It has to be applied. The Word of God sitting on your shelf isn't going to change you. It must be applied. Whenever I look at verse number 10, I see a few things about this pursuit of the Word. It says here in verse number 10, With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. The first thing I see is his past consultation. You can jot this down. It's not on the screen, but if you want to put this down on the side, the first thing I see in regard to the pursuit of His Word is the past consultation. Look there in verse number 10. You see these words, Have I sought thee? This is past tense. With my whole heart, have I sought thee? So he's saying, uh, how do I get clean from the word of God? Well, first of all, uh, I look back at my life and I see as I've come through my life, I have been a student uh, of the word of God. I have been seeking the law of God. I've been seeking the word of God. Uh, I have been someone who's been constantly digging into the word of God. So we see that in his pursuit, we see his past consultation, but then we see his future consideration. He said, with my whole heart have I sought thee, Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. He said, up until now, Lord, I have been applying your word to my life. He said, but as I look into the future, here is my request. Don't let me wander from it. Don't, don't let me walk away from it. I know you've heard me tell many times about the homeless guy that dad would pick up and try to witness to, and he would tell dad, I've read the Bible through ten times. And as far as he was concerned... That's all he needed. He didn't need anything else and he wasn't interested in anything anybody had to tell him. It doesn't matter how many times you've read this book. It doesn't matter how well you need this book. Tomorrow morning, you're going to need it again. And the next morning, you're going to need it again. And next month, you're going to need it again. And the psalmist here says, I have studied your word. Let me not wander from it. Let me continue to dig into thy word. Let me continue to look into thy word. So we see the past consultation, the future consideration. But then I want to point out that in the pursuit of his word, I see the complete 
commitment. The complete commitment. And I really think that this is key to getting clean. He said, with my whole heart. Those words, whole heart, carry a bit of weight. Because you know, oftentimes, the Word of God, the things of God, following God, is something that we're interested in. It's part of our life. It's something that we do. But if we were to draw a diagram of a pie, the things of God would just be one slice of the pie. Another slice of the pie would be perhaps our career. Another slice of the pie would perhaps be our family. Another slice of the pie would be uh, our interests and our hobbies and so forth and so on. And the things of God are one slice of the pie. Therefore, that means that although it's something we're interested in, it doesn't get our whole heart. You see, the way that we ought to look at that is that the pie is our pursuit of God. And inside, of our pursuit of God is our career and our family and our interests and our hobbies. But the dominant thing over our whole life is that we are pursuing the things of God. With my whole heart, I am completely committed to being a student of the Word of God. Have you ever been there working on those stains after you come in from working on your car and you got most of it off and you look at your hands? and they still just have kind of a black stain all over them. And you say, we got to get this off. And so you leave the dishwashing liquid. If you're sophisticated, you go find some Gojo. If you're a redneck, you go find some gasoline. And you get that on your hands, and you get after it. We got to get all these stains off. And then you go back to the sink and get that dishwashing liquid. You are completely committed to making sure your hands are clean. Or you just leave them stained so that everybody knows you're a mechanic. But you see what I'm saying. But what we see here is that if we're going to be clean from the Word, we've got to pursue the Word. And oftentimes we're guilty of not being completely committed to our pursuit of the Word of God. If we're going to be clean from the Word, not only do we need to pursue His Word, and, but in verse number 11 we see the protection of His Word, the protection of His Word. It says there in verse number 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Whenever we hide something, we are protecting it. We are putting it in a safe place. Of course, this verse is speaking of memorization and memorizing the word of God. And so we are protecting the word of God. You say, how does uh, memorization, how is that protecting the word of God? Well, I have this Bible. I have many Bibles. I'm sure you have multiple Bibles. Someone could come take this Bible. I've got, I've got sermons. I've got written sermons. I've got sermons that are recorded sermons. Somebody could take all those. All the resources that I have concerning the things of God could be taken from me. But they can't take what's hidden in my heart. And if I've committed the Word of God to memory, it is unaccessible by the enemy. Whenever I've put it on the inside, the enemy cannot get it. And whenever the enemy comes after us and they take this word and they take our church and they separate us from the brethren, you know what will comfort you? Is the word of God. Because when it's hid in your heart, not only is it unaccessible by the enemy, but it's readily available to me, the child of God. Boy, I'm telling you what, there's nothing like having the word of God committed 
to memory. I think that every child of God should regularly try to put portions of Scripture to memory, whether it just be a verse a month. Every Christian should be constantly trying to memorize the Word of God because it's unaccessible. It is protected. The enemy cannot get it, and it is readily available when you need it most. I thank the Lord that uh, the, the Lord allowed me to grow up in Christian education. I was uh, in three different Christian schools, and I was homeschooled, but always in Christian education. And the curriculum that I used is the same curriculum that we use here at Shenandoah Christian Academy, and it is saturated with memorizing the Word of God. And so from the time I was four years old until I graduated, every, every pace, which is what we call the books, you have uh, 12 in each subject that you do each year, uh, every pace, uh, has verses that you have to memorize in order to pass the pace. Uh, every class has passages of Scripture that you have to memorize in order to get the privileges, you know, to be able to do certain things in the class. Always, the competitions we would go to was memorizing Scripture. And so all my, all my childhood, from four years old to 18, I was committed to memorizing the Word of God. And then I memorized other passages on my own. And now, at this point in my life, whenever I go to prepare for a sermon, I look at something and I'm like, boy, I tell you, I know a verse that would support that. And I can just go find it. I know another verse that would support that. And I don't even have to break the concordance out because God has uh, privileged me in being grown up that way so that i got a built-in concordance. I can just go from one to the other to the other. And now sometimes I don't remember them correctly. Sometimes I'll remember a phrase and I'll say, now I know that if I look up this phrase, I know there's a verse that's got that in it. And boy, I'm telling you what, you can just... And, and it so helps whenever you're studying the Word of God to have the Word of God in your heart. So we see uh, that we need to pursue His Word. We need to see we need to protect His Word. The Bible has much to say about the benefit of memorizing his word. In Psalm 37, verse 30 and 31, the Bible says, The mouth of the righteous uh, speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Isn't that interesting? With the law of God in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. Hi, David said here in verse number 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin. Thy law is in my heart. My steps won't slide. Uh, Psalm 40 and verse number 8 says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. In Proverbs 2, verse number 1, the Bible says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words, and hide thy commandments with thee, drop down to verse number 5, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Colossians 3 and verse number 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And we understand what richly means. That means in abundance. We should be folks who are filled with the word of God. Well, I'm telling you, it's often often saddening whenever you talk to people who say they've been in church their whole life who know so little about the Word of God. We ought to be people who have hid the Word of God in our hearts. We have protected it in our hearts, and we are living according to the Word of God. So we need to pursue the Word of God. Uh, we need to 
We need to protect the Word of God. But then in verse number 12, we see if we're going to be clean from the Word, uh, we need to be people who ponder the Word of God. We need to be people who ponder the Word of God. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. You know, it's one thing to read the Word. It's another thing to desire to understand the Word of God. Now, so many folks feel that that's the job of the pastor, you know. The pastor uh, expounds the Word of God to us, and that is true. That is the job of the pastor. But the Bible tells us that every Christian should study to show thyself approved unto God. Every Christian should be a student of the Word of God. Every Christian should be digging in and trying to learn more and trying to understand more. And understanding the Word of God is far more than just reading a verse and saying, what do I think that means? As a matter of fact, that's quite dangerous to just read a verse and say, what do I think that means? And a lot of the trouble that I have with home churches, we could get into the whole thing of them not being what God ordained to start with. Besides that, the trouble I have with a lot of home churches is that's what their doctrine consists of, is a group of people getting together, reading a passage of Scripture and say, what do you think that means? And boy, they come up with all kinds of interpretations. Understanding the Word of God is far more than just reading a verse and saying, what do I think that means? Understanding the Word of God, as we looked in on our Wednesday night studies a while back, is digging into the Word of God, understanding the passage, doing word studies, looking at back at what it meant when it was originally written, looking at what men of God have concluded about that passage, comparing Scripture with Scripture. It's more than just reading and saying, hmm, what's that mean? No, it is understanding the Word of God. If I could throw in a plug right here, it's one of the reasons why I so love Faith Bible Institute. I mean, what a resource. Three years, Monday nights, you go from Genesis to Revelation and get an overall understanding of the entire Bible what it means, how it ties together, how this book supports this book, who wrote it, when they wrote it, and you get such a tremendous grasp on the Word of God by investing just a little bit of your time, a little bit of your money. What a tremendous resource. I truly believe it's something that every Christian should try to do as they can because if we're going to be clean by the Word, we have to understand the Word. If we're going to receive that cleansing... We need to understand it. We need to think on it. The Bible says in Psalm 1 and verse number 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know what? A lot of folks struggle in the Christian life. Now, I'm not talking about the struggles of life. All of us that live on this earth are going to face sickness. All of us are going to face loss. All of us are going to face uh, difficulties of some sort living on this earth. I'm not speaking of that. There are people who struggle in their Christian life. They struggle uh, with being a Christian, with living the Christian life. They struggle with bearing fruit as a Christian and they, they wonder, why do I struggle so much? Well, my question to you is, is your delight in the law of the Lord and are you meditating in His law day and night? Because the Bible promises that if you do that, 
You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll bring forth your fruit in your season, and your leaf will not wither. That means that in the time of hardship and in the time of loss, in the time of difficulty, you will still be producing the fruits of the Spirit. You will still be a vibrant Christian. You will still be an effective witness. How do I do this? By meditating in the law of the Lord day and night. You want to be clean by the Word? You've got to ponder the Word. You've got to be a student of the Word of God. You've got to be someone who is in the Scriptures. Proverbs 1 and verse number 5 says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. If we're going to be clean by the word, we need to pursue the word. We need to protect the word. And then we also, as I just said, let me look again. We need to ponder the word of God. As we continue through this passage of scripture, uh, we see some more things that we need to do. And that is in verse number 13, we need to proclaim his word. We need to proclaim his word. Now anybody that has taught the Bible or has preached the Word of God, you can, you can bear witness to this. Whenever I know that I'm going to have to sit down in front of y'all or stand up behind the pulpit in front of y'all and tell you something from the Scriptures, I get a lot more serious about finding out what's in it. <laughs> I get a lot more serious about finding out what it says, making sure that I'm saying it right, making sure that I'm rightly dividing the Word of Truth because the last thing that I want to do is lead fellow believers in error. And so... You say, well, how does proclaiming the word make me clean? Well, if you're busy sharing the word of God with others, you're going to be making sure that you understand the word of God. You know, really and truthfully, the reason so many people are hesitant to witness is because they're unsure of the gospel. If you're sure of the gospel, you do not hesitate to share it. The things you're sure of, you don't have any problem talking about. Somebody can say to you, I believe the 30 alt 6 is the best deer rifle that's ever made. And you'll pipe right up and say, nope, 7mm is the best rifle ever made. And you don't hesitate. You don't bat an eye. Somebody else says, uh-uh, y'all are crazy. The 243 is where it's at. No, no hesitation, no shyness. Uh-uh, I know. This is what I think, and this is what I'm going to argue. And then, then somebody will pop up with the 30-30 and say, guys, killed more deer than any other gun ever built but we're not shy about it. Why? Because we know what we're talking about. Now, I'm not, never have followed sports much, not against those who do, just something I've never followed. But one thing I have found out about people that follow sports, they're not shy about talking about it. Not shy at all about talking about sports. They, they, they are pretty confident about what they feel about the players and what they feel about the coaches and what they feel about the teams. And they have no shyness whatsoever talking about it. Same with the weather. Oh, we all got opinions about the weather. My goodness. I just run a little side trail right here. Weather cracks me up more than anything. Because I know I'm not the oldest guy around, but I've been alive for 47 years, and the weather patterns have been the same my whole life. And I'll hear people like, oh, my goodness, it's so cold. And I'm like, it's November. <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about? Of course it's cold, you know. And they'd be like, Oh, my goodness. And the one that gets me the most is everybody thinks that, that uh, winter ends after Christmas, and it hasn't even started yet. But I'm like, why y'all take it, take it and putting your spring decorations out? Winter don't start until, you know, it just started two days ago. I mean, come on now. But uh, anyway, stop running that rabbit trail. We don't have no problem talking about the weather. 
We're confident. But many times we're extremely hesitant to share the gospel. And truth be told, I'm guilty as well. The reason we're hesitant is we're afraid somebody's going to ask us a question that we don't know the answer to. And we're hesitant to share because we are not as familiar with the gospel as we ought to be. Verse number 13, the psalmist said, With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. You want to be clean through the word? Practice proclaiming the word. In verse number 14 we see the praise of his word, the praise of his word. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. We ought to be folks who when we share the word, that we share it in such a way that folks realize what it means to us. I have rejoiced in thy ways as much as in all riches. What I have is more valuable than anything anyone else has. You know what? You've got to be pretty confident in the word to have that spirit. In verse number 15, we see the priority of his word. If we're going to benefit from the word of God, we've got to prioritize the word of God. He says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Whenever we look at that word respect, it means above. Whenever I, I respect someone, I respect them for who they are. I respect Brother McGregor for the time he spent in the military and the things that he has done for our country. I respect him and who he is and what he is. I respect the word of God. I prioritize the word of God. And then lastly, verse number 16, we see the psalmist ends this portion with a promise concerning the word. He said, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. He makes a promise. Lord, all of my days, I'm not going to forget your word. Not going to forget the truth of your word. Not going to forget the application of your word. You know, oftentimes, Oftentimes there'll be something in the Word of God that we'll see and we'll be like, I need to do that. I need to start doing that and applying that. And we'll do it for a while. And then the newness wears off and old habits come back and we forget the promises that we made according to the Word of God. The psalmist says if we're going to be clean, we can't forget the Word. Can't forget the Word. We've got to stay faithful to the Word of God. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Hopefully the Lord blessed you with that passage. Now just share a little something, uh, how the Lord is good. The Lord is so good. Today became very unplanned. Today did not go at all the way that I had planned for it to go. Uh, normally Wednesdays I've set aside to, to prepare for Wednesday night. Normally that's all I do on Wednesdays. I come in Wednesday morning and I spend the whole day preparing the message for Wednesday night. Well, today didn't go the way I planned. I had folks coming by, had things that came up and... Uh, it was about 3 o'clock when I sat down with this passage of Scripture. And I made the comment to Miss Lila. I said, I've preached on this passage a few times. I'll come up with something to say. And I went in and sat down at my desk and opened the Bible. And God gave me that outline that I just shared with y'all. I mean, within a matter of four or five minutes, he just rolled it off the page to me. I, it wasn't in a commentary. It wasn't something I'd preached before. It was just there. And I'm like, wow. When I gave the worksheet to Miss Lila to print for tonight, I said to her, I'm not sure why the Lord makes me work so hard for some of my messages because it's clear he can give them to me quickly. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just give God the glory for that. God just blessed and 
uh, provided it in his time and in his way. And I just thank the Lord how he takes care of his servants. And uh, thank the Lord for it. He is always faithful and hope that's a blessing to you. So we'll take a few minutes now and uh, take some prayer requests.